Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. I want to open our Bibles right away to Mark chapter 8. And Mark chapter 8 is a remarkable story of some people asking Jesus for something, Jesus responding, but not in exactly the way that they thought. So I want to open right away. Mark chapter 8, it says this. They came to Bethsaida, and some people, everybody say some people. They brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? They came to Beth. Oh, sorry. He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, everybody say once more. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. You pray with me one more time. God, we just love you. We receive your word. We ask that you would, uh, Lord, that we would hear your word, that it would be planted in our hearts, that we would walk out your truths, Lord, we are your servants. We are here listening, eager, ready to receive your word. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Everyone said? Amen. amen, amen. So, you know, this passage, this story, it's really a story of a little by little miracle. It's a story of gradual growth. It's, it's unique in the gospels because it's, it's the only, or depending on who you ask, it might be one of two miracles that don't happen right away. See, this is a process. Jesus takes the man, he takes him away from the village and he touches him. But he touches him and he's not fully healed yet. There's a process of fulfillment that starts and Jesus touches him again and that gradual growth starts to happen. See, Three weeks into the new year, I feel like it's, it's the right passage for us because a lot of us started 2022 off with certain goals, with certain things in mind. But three, how many of you guys know, three weeks in, now the rubber meets the road. It's like, uh, is that gym membership still useful? I'll stop there. And I want to encourage you, a lot of times we start off new things and we say, this is going to happen and I'm going to see the results right away. But that's not always how God works. God works with gradual growth sometimes. Sometimes his miracles are just like this, this story, little by little. It, 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 uh, it brings to mind something from, from me growing up. My parents, my mom, in the pantry or the kitchen doorway... She would, have, uh, she would have us kind of measure where we were on the doorway with a pencil or a pen, and then we would write down the date. And now over time, you, you started to appreciate it because over time you would start to see the gradual growth, the inch-by-inch inch process, the little-by-little little growth that would take place. Here's, a, here's how this looked. So 
this is actually my mom's uh, uh, pantry doorway. And you can't see it because you're so far, but, but there's Jake there, Jake there, Jake there. And you start to see the gradual little by little growth. A side note, um, I had high aspirations of being very tall when I was young. I was not a man of prayer then. I wish I was. But my dad, I, uh, I expressed these, uh, um, these desires to be very tall. And one time my dad looked at me and he said, Jake, if, if you get taller than me, I'll give you a hundred bucks. So I, was, I started like doing, I, I, I looked up in magazines and I saw stretches that promised that you would grow like a quarter of an inch and I would stretch every day and I would want that rapid growth right away. I was like, I need that hundred dollars this year. That didn't exactly happen. Over time, uh, as I started to get closer and closer, my dad remarkably, go to the next picture, remarkably at 50 years old started to grow inch by inch. He's a prankster. But regardless, you can take that down, regardless, that process, that progress, that gradual growth is not something that you would see unless it's actually marked down. That gradual growth, that little by little process, that inch by inch uh, towards something greater and towards something bigger is not something that you appreciate unless you see that growth right there. A lot of times in, in life and in faith, we start to expect God for big things and great things as we should, but we negate the process that it takes to get there. You see, this, the story of this man is a story of him needing something supernatural, of him needing something great, of him needing something that only Jesus can do, but it doesn't all happen in a moment. It happens, it's gradual growth. It happens, everybody say, little by little. That's the title of today's message. Little by little. See, I wonder if sometimes we get tripped up in our faith because we say we get frustrated with unmet expectations or we get down on ourselves or we get angry with others because we expect things to happen instantaneously. Sometimes I wonder if we struggle because we have faith as one type of word. When we think of faith, we think of a picture of immediacy or suddenly or right away or without delay. And those things are great. I am all for those things. I, they happen, I see them before my eyes, but they're not always the way that it happens. This miracle, it ha it's, it's recorded in the Bible. And if you look at the last verse of the Gospel of John, it says, it says there are two, there's, there's not enough space in the paper to write down everything that Jesus did. So the Gospel authors are very specific about what they include. And Mark says this has to be included. Why? Because it is a gradual growth miracle. It is a little by little miracle. And it shows us that everything that God has for us doesn't happen right away. J.R. Tolkien, the, the author of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, he's credited with saying, little by little, one travels far. I don't know where you are today, but I have 
big dreams. I have big expectations for what God can do. And those things don't always happen right in a moment. Sometimes they're, they're so big that God needs to clear away for them. Think about 20 years of becoming. Think about what Tommy and Olympia just talked about. A church, a, a church like Chicago's Tabernacle, it doesn't happen overnight. Your family, your home, that's full of peace, that's full of grace, that's full of love, that doesn't happen overnight. Your, your walk with Jesus that, that is healthy and that is, that is progressing and that is blessed, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens moment by moment, gradual growth, inch by inch, little by little. This is in the Old Testament too. Take a look at what the book of Exodus says. God tells the Israelites, see, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared. I will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation you encounter. I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run. And then here it is. But I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Little by little. Everybody say little by little. Little by little. I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. You know what that's saying? That's saying, God's saying, hey, I know where you are and I know where I'm taking you. And every step along the way, I'm gonna order. And you may look to the left or the right and you might see opposition against you. You might see opposing forces. You might see things coming up your way. You might see things that, that you get worried about. And Jesus is saying, God is saying, hey, if I'm not removing them, don't worry about it. I'm using that to prepare something for you to walk into. God has things that he wants you to walk into. You don't even know what it is. You might not know all the preparation that's needed, but God does, and God is using all of the environmental forces around you to help, you, to help prepare you for what he has for you. Does anybody believe that God has something greater for you? Does anybody believe that God has something more for you that you haven't fulfilled yet, but he wants to prepare you in the meantime? At the end of 2022, I promise you, if you pray this prayer, God, take me little by little. God, give me gradual growth. You will see things that he, that he does suddenly and miraculously beyond your expectation along the way. But at the end of 2022, you sow in to little by little growth. God is gonna bring you from, from here to something far greater than, than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. And so I wanna look at this. I wanna look at what happens when we embrace little by little growth? What happens when we embrace gradual change? What happens when we say, God, I love it when you do things suddenly, but God, I also love when you take me on a journey that's, that I, don't, I may not know the, the end and I may not know every step in between, but God, I trust you and I'm gonna obey you for this step. You see, Jesus, he takes him along this journey and, and one of the things that I love about it is that Jesus, he's working so beyond the surface than we could even realize. You see, what happens when, when we become, when we embrace that little by little growth, that gradual growth, that inch by inch miracle, 
is our little, this is our first point, our little by little miracles, it brings the right vision. You see, God is so preoccupied in the gospels. Jesus is so preoccupied in the gospels with how people see. Even in this chapter, the verse right before the passage that we read, Jesus is looking at his followers and he's like, I can't believe that you don't see what's happening. I can't believe that you don't even, that you're not looking at this the way that, that I'm trying to have you look at this. The same goes for us. Sometimes God is saying, hey, yeah, I want to do that miracle in you. I want to do, I want to make that supernatural change in you. But I also want you to align your vision with mine. God is very concerned. He's very in tune with the way that you look at things. It's one of the deepest and most personal things about you. And what does he do here? One of the gradual parts of gradual growth is Jesus says, you know, all these people, they come to Jesus in this passage. They say, hey, Jesus, uh, heal this man. Now, they knew what Jesus was capable of. Jesus had previously in this town fed the 5,000 people. They knew that he was a miraculous God, that he was a wonder-working God, that he had power that they didn't have. They had also most likely heard about all of the other uh, people that Jesus had healed. Some of them who he had healed of of blindness and given sight. And they said, hey, what you did for them, do for this guy. And so they're expecting Jesus to perform a miracle, have this guy, you know, his his sight is given, and then Jesus be on his way. And Jesus says, I'm going to do this on my own terms. And so he takes the man and he walks him away from the village. He goes into a place of solitude. Can I tell you something today? Loneliness is not the same as solitude. God, Jesus, he wants to draw you away sometimes. He wants to draw you away from the crowd. Because when you're, when you're closer to Jesus, you can start to see things the right way. When you're closer to Jesus, Jesus can start to reveal things to you in the way that he wants you to see them. You ever looked at things the wrong way and then you realize, oh, that's probably not how God sees this. He takes him away and he takes him away from the crowd and says, all right, I'm gonna show you some things, but, but it's not the way that you might expect. You see, even for this man, this blind man, he probably had expectations of how this healing would go. When Jesus came to the village, he probably says, oh, I've heard about how he healed other people. I'm expecting that to go my way. I'm expecting a certain playbook. I'm expecting a certain, a certain pathway, a certain paradigm. But no, Jesus upends that, but he does it for a specific reason. You see, what happens is Jesus, he spits in his hand and he takes up some mud. And so it's gross, but not when you understand the context. So Jesus rubs his saliva on this man's eyes. A lot of people, what really is happening is in in that context, in that historical day, they believed that spittle or that saliva, that it was a healing agent, that it at least, if nothing else, it would numb pain. Right? That's why instinctually, sometimes we might get a, a, a paper cut or a burn on our finger and we put it to our mouth. We, we lick our wounds, as people say. It's because back then, even the church fathers, they believed that these people, that, um, uh, that, that saliva, it was a healing agent. Now, just, does Jesus 
believe that? Probably not. Jesus is, is, he transcends that. Jesus doesn't need that. But he touches him once with the saliva so that the man can start to see that something is happening. You see, that man, he probably expects that he's not going to be surprised when he feels saliva because he, because he believes that to be part of the healing process. So Jesus touches him once. It, it's not the complete healing yet. It's not the fulfillment yet. But Jesus wants him to know, yes, there's something happening. For you and for me, sometimes Jesus takes us on a journey. He starts a process of a miracle. And in the process, he just wants us to know that he's near. He just wants us to know something's happening. It might not be what you expected. It might not be the way that you wrote it out. But God says, I've got a process for this and I'm working it out. He starts to touch him. And then when he starts to touch him, he says, he says, hey, can you see? God says, yes, I can see. Jesus says, what do you see? The man says, I see trees and they're walking around like men. I, I read this and I was like, eh, not quite. I was like, I don't know what he's seeing right there. One of the commentators he, he commented on this, it, it had that passage, and then one of the commentators said, well, that's progress. Well, that's progress. He's starting to see a little bit. Why does he not see all of it? And here's why. If Jesus had showed him, if Jesus had just healed his physical sight right there, he would have lost out on the spiritual sight that was developing. You see, in the process of him gaining physical sight, he was starting to build this man's faith. The sight is something that he could have given him, but the faith is something that only Jesus could develop. Can I tell you something? Jesus, he wants to come into your life and he wants to change things, but he doesn't want to change them just for the sake of changing them. He wants to change them so that you will be left with more faith. It is faith that pleases God. It is faith that, that we walk by. It's not by sight. Jesus wants to build your faith. So he does a, a partway miracle. You could call it a halfway miracle, a little by little miracle. One step in the progression. Can he see all the way? No, but he knows that something's happening. And he says, oh wait, this man who took me away from the crowd when I didn't expect it, this man who went against the playbook that I thought, there still is something happening. It's not as I thought, but I can trust him. And he says, okay, I, here's what I see. I don't know if it's right, but here's what I see. Jesus is always asking us, what do you see? Because he wants us to have our vision aligned with his vision. What is spiritual vision? Here's how, here's how a preacher put it. Chuck Swindoll said this. Vision is the ability to see God's presence, to perceive God's power, and to focus on God's plan in spite of the obstacles. So spiritual sight, it's not, it's not physical sight. Jesus, he, he wants to heal this man, but he really wants to heal this man's spiritual sight. He says, hey, I want you to, I want you to what? I want you to see my presence. I want you to perceive my power. I want you to focus on my plan. 
And really, that's what happens throughout this entire miracle. That really, when Jesus says, what do you see? He's not asking him, hey, I, I'm doing a vision test. I want you to, to line up these letters with this letter. What do you see? He's saying, no, I want you to see above the world's obstacles. I want you to see higher than the fray. I want you to see beyond the, the, the physical things that are in your life. It's kind of like this. this. This word that of to see in the Greek, this word is, is anablepos. And anablepos is, is a Greek word, and it means not just to see, but to see higher, to look higher, to, to see and to look up. In fact, there's a fish named after this Greek word. And this fish is a four-eyed fish, the anablep. Now, this looks like a strange fish. It's because, like I said, it has four eyes. It is the four, it's commonly known as the four-eyed fish. And right here, this is the water line that you see. And so, as you can see, there are two eyes above the water and two eyes below the water. In other words, it has two eyes that fish usually have. The eyes that can see what's going on in their environment. The eyes that can see obstacles. The eyes that can see things that are coming. The eyes that can see physical things that impact their day-to-day -day lives. But then they have eyes that no other fish see, that no other fish have. They have eyes that are above the water. They have eyes that can see above everything that else that is happening. They have eyes that look up and they see beyond the things that are happening in their day-to-day -day life. Can I tell you something? Jesus, I don't believe that it's an accident that they're named after this Greek word of a vision looking up. Jesus wants us to have eyes that look upward. Yes, do, are we supposed to ignore the things in our day-to-day -day life? No. We're supposed to see them. We're supposed to embrace reality. We're supposed to see reality and call it out. But then we're supposed to look at reality with the eyes of faith, with eyes that look upward, with higher vision, eyes that see above the waterline and say, I can align my vision with God's vision here. So today, where is your vision too low? Or do you have the, I, I, I saw this and I said, God, Make me like a four-eyed fish. Make me like a four-eyed fish. Give me four-eyed vision. Give me four-eyed faith. Give me visional faith that sees the reality of things happening, but the vision that God, of what God can do. And that vision is important in a little-by-little little miracle because you need to know that there is an end game. You need to know that there are things on the horizon that you may not be able to see yet, that you may not be able to touch yet, but it's the reason why you press on. It's the reason why you keep going. It's the reason why you walk by faith because those things, they don't happen in an instant. The deepest, the most personal miracles are the ones that take inch by inch Gradual growth, little by little. God wants to give you vision today. But here's the thing. The other thing in this passage regarding this man's vision is that when you look at him, he says, he says Jesus says, do you see? He says, yeah. He says, what do you see? He says, I see trees. I've been walking around like men. So, so I stop. That man was not born blind. He knew what trees looked like. 
He knew what men looked like. So what does that tell me? He wasn't born blind. At some point, he lost his vision. At some point, he lost the greater end. At some point, he lost sight of what was really taking place. He lost sight of the physical, but also of the spiritual. Can I tell you today, there are things that God wants to restore. He restored his vision, but he wants to restore our vision. There are ways that we have lost sight of of the promises that God has given us. God wants you to reclaim those promises. God wants you to reclaim the vision of the way that you looked upon something. God wants you to reclaim the vision and the dream that you once had. I was, uh, I was with a friend a couple of weeks ago, and we, we, were, we were having dinner, and we were talking about something, uh, something pertaining to me, and I just, I, I culminated it by saying, yeah, I, I just missed it. Like, like I messed up, nothing big, but I was like, yeah, uh, that was a miss. Then we kept going, we kept talking, conversation continued. He called me the next day. He said, hey, this is how he, uh, he said, you have a minute? I said, yeah, this is how he started. He said, I wanna challenge the way that you look at something. And I, was, I said, oh, okay. And he told me, yesterday you said that that thing, that you missed it. He said, God's not concerned about what, you, what happened with that now or then. He said, God's concerned about how you're gonna look at it the next time. He said, that's the wrong way to look at it. And, and my initial response was defensive. I, I said, well, I need to look at it like that. I need to own it. And he said, yeah, yeah, that's not the point. The point is how you look at it now will determine how you look at it in the future. What he was saying was your perspective and your vision towards it means everything. And he was saying, hey, Jesus is looking at it as next time you can attack it this way. Not last time I messed up. Not last time I, I was the screw up. Not last time I was less than. No. So next time, I'm going to meet that challenge. Jesus wants to restore vision. He wants to give you the Not the vision that you have for it. He wants to give you a higher way of thinking for it. He wants you to think higher of him for it. There's not, there's no, there's no, uh, uh, you know, growing up playing basketball, we would, um, uh, we would, you know, we would play and, and I had, a, I had one coach that when we were playing, if we, if we threw the ball out of the bounds or we missed a shot or we missed an open guy, we'd say, my bad, my bad. And our coach, he started to make us run or do push-ups anytime we said, my bad. He was like, hey, that's a part of the game. There's no making up for that last one. There's just, there's just making the next play. Jesus, his part, what God is saying is I want your vision to match my vision. My vision is all about the future. My vision is all about the next time. My vision is all about ordering your next steps. I'm not concerned with the past. There's no, there is no documentation of why this man was blind or where he lost his vision. But at some point, he did lose his vision. And what is Jesus concerned about? Not rehashing that, just restoring the vision that he once had. God today, he wants to restore the vision that you once had. You might, your vision may have been impaired by bitterness. It may have been impaired by somebody who hurt you. It may have been impaired by unmet expectations. Jesus says, I want to do away with all of that today. That's the greater miracle. I want to restore your vision today. Does anybody want to see clearly today? 
I want to challenge you. Take inventory of your life. What are you not seeing that God wants you to see? What have you lost vision of that you once had vision of? What dream died? What expectation did you lose sight of? And when we start to get vision, we start to get the vision that God has for us. You know, here's, here's how, I love this last thing and then I'll move on to the next point. Uh, Eugene Peterson in the message, he puts it, he concludes the story this way. And he says, uh, in the message, the, uh, Mark eight twenty five, it says this. So Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. The man looked hard and realized that he had recovered perfect sight. Everybody say perfect sight. Everybody say perfect sight. Perfect. Saw everything in bright 2020 focus. I wear glasses. I'm supposed to most of the time. I don't know what 2020 is. But how many of you know God can give us 2020 spiritual sight this year? We may, we're not perfect, but God can give us vision to see things the way that he wants to see them. And when we have vision, when we have God's vision for something, then when we, for little by little miracles to continue to grow, for little by little miracles to continue to, to, to prosper us and to change us and to develop, the other thing is little by little miracles, they need the right environment. You see, Jesus... In this passage, I don't know why he takes that man away from the village, but I do know that all throughout the Gospels, environment is very, very special to Jesus. Environment is very important to Jesus. It's why, it's why the Bible says uh, he inhabits the praises of his people. Where two or three are gathered, what? In his name, there he is. Environment is very important and special to Jesus. And here, this is on display. You see, because these, Jesus comes and there's expectation for him to heal, but he wants to do something different. And so he takes this man away from the crowd. Now, when he takes the man away from the crowd, he heals him and he sends him back. But then here's how he, here's how he completes it. He says, go home, do not go back to the village. He says, don't go back to the village. I don't, at, at first glance, I don't really get it, right? Because we saw that these are the people who, who asked Jesus to come and heal him. Now, maybe Jesus is saying, don't go back to the way that you, that you used to be. Maybe he's saying, hey, sometimes we, we get enslaved into something, we get free, and then we go back to what enslaved us. Sometimes we get caught up with something and the thing that bound us up, we get free of and then we go back to what we're bound with. Sometimes we get so caught up with something and then we go back to the thing that held us. But I don't think that's exactly what Jesus is saying with this. I think that Jesus is saying, don't go back to the village, not because it's bad, but because it's big. You see, big always celebrates big right? There's, there's an expectation that if this man goes back to the village, Jesus did exactly what they asked him to do. Heal this man of his blindness. And so he'll go back, and what will that village celebrate? Well, that 
he was healed of his blindness. But they will miss the fact that he was not only given physical sight, he was given spiritual sight. You see, we celebrate often what we measure. And if he sends that man back to the village, they're gonna measure on a grand scale. Did this one supernatural instantaneous thing happen? Yes, let's celebrate. But what Jesus wants him to celebrate are those inch by inch marks on that wall. I wonder if we had a different measuring stick, if we would start to see things a little differently. See, we get caught up with social comparison and and social media and looking at what other people have that we start to lose out, we start to miss out, we start to not realize and lose sight of what is really important around us. Jesus is saying, protect the environment that you're in. I don't wanna send you back to that big village because some miracles, they're not for the masses. This miracle that I'm doing deep in your heart, this miracle isn't for the masses. You see, arenas don't gather for practices. Theaters don't gather for rehearsals. Concert venues don't gather for sound checks. And Jesus is saying, yeah, there's this one miracle, but this is part of something much, much bigger. I'm preparing you for something that's larger than you even realize right now. And I don't want your celebration to be limited to to what the crowd wants. I want the fruit of this miracle not just to be for the masses. No, I want the fruit of this miracle to be, where did he send him first? He said, go home. The fruit of the miraculous should be felt in your home. The fruit of the miraculous should be felt among the people that are closest to you. The fruit of the miraculous, it's not for the masses. It's for the people around you. It's for your circle of influence, the people that only you can touch, the home that only you can touch, the workplace that you're a part of. It's not for everybody, it's for you. And then that fruit is to be spread slowly, inch by inch. And then you start to see that growth go. So Jesus is saying, hey, be aware of the environment that you're in because for the, you're not supposed to go straight to the village. That's not who my miracle is for. My miracle is for you and for your home. Little by little miracles, they need the right environment. I was talking to Pastor Jose before service today, and he said, you know, he's been at Chicago Tabernacle right from the beginning. But when he'll tell you, when he was here at the beginning, I, didn't, I wasn't here yet, but he'll tell you that he wasn't following, he wasn't walking with God step by step. That he would, he would come to church, but then he, was, he wasn't following God outside of church. And what he told me before service was, he said, I would come to church and I would see God do things and God would speak to me, but then I would leave and my environment was not in such a way that I could see what God was doing. You see, where you sit determines what you see and what you see determines who you become. And so when you are in an environment that you can see right, your environment will, will, will cascade into miracle after miracle, but it's a gradual growth. 
So Pastor Jose said, I, once I started to remove certain things in my environment, which Jesus gives us the freedom and the agency to do to change our environment, he said, once I started to change my environment, I started to see God more clearly than I ever had. Your environment dictates so much of what you see. It dictates so much of the miracle that you experience gradually, little by little. And God, he wants you to look at your environment and he wants you to assess it. He wants you to be aware of the environment that you put yourself in. So socially, spiritually, that means being aware of the people that you're, that you're surrounded by. That means uh, being aware of the temperature that you set, the spiritual temperature. A lot of times uh, we come to church and we're on fire for God and then we walk out of church seeing how hard it is to follow God. We don't realize that we came into church and we're just feeding off somebody else's flame. And we didn't set the own spiritual temperature for ourselves in our lives. That's the point. That's one of the reasons that we do the fast right at the beginning of the year to set a tone for the spiritual temperature for the year. Can I tell you something? Don't stop setting that tone in your life. Keep praying. Keep reading your Bible. Every day, gradual growth, little by little. And so here's, you know, here's the way that I want to close. The band's going to come, but I want us to pray before I pray, you know, um, even in setting our own environment, I, uh, I have at home, I have two uh, baby boy kittens. And you might look and, and you might, uh, this might become a stumbling block for you because you might say, how can you be a cat guy and not a dog guy? Well, I told the first service, Jesus was the lion of Judah. And so I'm just trying to follow Jesus. Cats are in that lion line. But I have these two kittens, boys, and they are rambunctious and they are energetic. And, uh, and so one day I was, I went into my kitchen to grab something to eat and I noticed that my freezer was open just a little bit and my food was starting to thaw and I was like, oh no, and I close it. Later that day, I walk into the kitchen, same thing. I'm like, what's going on? And so a couple days go by and now these are longer days where I'm gone from the house and I come back at night and sure enough, the freezer had, it was cracked open a little bit. And what happens, the food starts to thaw, the food starts to spoil in some cases. And then one day I go in and I'm wondering what's happening. I'm, I'm thinking, all right, I gotta get a new fridge, a new freezer. And then I see the kittens on top of the freezer prying the freezer open with their paws. Now, they didn't get in and, and eat any of the food. They didn't steal any of the food. And even if they had, it would have been frozen. But the food started to spoil because of just one little crack. It reminds me of Proverbs that says, above all else, what? Guard your heart. Beware of the cracks that are in there. Guard against them. That there's, it, it might just start with one crack of dishonesty that then leads to others. It might start with one crack of, of hiding something in your marriage that then leads to something greater. But the Proverbs are so specific. Guard your heart above all else. Why? So that the spoilage doesn't happen on the inside. Sometimes we, as I open the message... You know, I said, sometimes we lose sight of those, those, big, those big and long-term goals 
a few weeks in. It's because we start to, we start to let cracks in. We stop guarding the thing that was once important. I wanna tell you today, I wanna to exhort you, take inventory. Where do you need to seal the cracks? What is not being guarded against? The enemy just needs, he doesn't need a whole door open. He doesn't need a whole window open. He just needs a little crack to get a foothold. The, um, sometimes we don't realize the, the impact that one little crack can have. And when we set our environment, it makes way for everything else that God wants to do. An environment, it's, it's a holistic word. And it has to do with everything that's, that's playing through in our lives. But sometimes, you know, like I said, where we sit determines what we see. And so your environment, it determines what I talked about at the beginning, your vision. So if you're not seeing right, what's the environment that you're in? Sometimes we, we have such high expectations. Sometimes we overestimate what we can do in ourselves in the short run. And then we have such low expectations, we underestimate what God can do in the long run. Can I tell you something? As you start 2022, God, you have no idea what God can do in a year. But what do you have to do? You have to sow. What do you have to do? You have to trust God little by little. Will you stand with me? We're gonna sing in a moment. But I feel like in this room, there might be one person. Online, there might be one person. Or there might be a lot. That the last, you know, 2021, 2020, somehow your vision has been robbed. Somehow the enemy has gotten in He's gotten a place in that environment and he's taken parts of your vision and he's, he's, he's corrupted it so that you can only see, you know, you're seeing like a two-eyed fish and God says, I want you to see higher. I want you to see more of what I can do. I want you to be able to, I want to restore what the locust has eaten, God says. He can restore the vision that has been robbed from you. You may have thought something at one point and you've forgotten that dream that God gave you. You, you may have forgotten the expectation that God gave you. God's word today is he wants to restore that vision. And in the, in, in the process of fulfillment, he wants to do a deep work in your heart.